Welcome back to the Camel Call podcast. Evan Budrovich, your host today, as we sit down with Seth LaRue, a former Camel baseball player who was a champion in 2014 for the Camels, part of their first ever regional win down in Columbia as they beat Old Dominion. But Seth has taken a fun route in the coaching world. He started as a GA, basically doing laundry, cleaning the field, all the minute details of coaching with Justin Hare after graduating in 2015. But he's had a couple of stops since, including SIU up in Carbondale in the Missouri Valley. We touch on his new stint at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, what life is like in the Southland Conference, and more importantly, how he got rolling into the coaching world, what motivated Seth to be an assistant coach and continue his career. So here's our conversation with the former Camel and now assistant coach in Seth LaRue. Okay, Seth, first and foremost, as a as a former Camel and someone who's out in the coaching world now, how neat is it as a young college baseball coach to be able to work and compete against a, a former mentor and a former coach of your own in, in Rick McCarty, who's now at Abilene Christian and has basically followed you around the country the last couple of years? Yeah, it's been a, a really cool experience with Coach McCarty, obviously getting to start over at Campbell um, after I was in junior college. Um, spent one year with Coach McCarty at Campbell um, where he was a pitching coach and I was a position player. Um, and we always had a really good relationship then. Um, but actually once I uh, became a, a coach over at Southern Illinois and he was at Dallas Baptist, we were competing with each other um, in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, and I just remember getting a phone call from him um, pretty shortly after after getting a job there and him talking about how he was ready to kick my butt now that we're on different teams. But, um, no, we had we had a lot of good times face, facing each other then. Um, and he was always a lot of help for me, um, play, especially playing in the same league, um, same conference, kind of understanding what the league was like. And, and also – just what I should expect as a, as a coach. And he's always been a really good mentor for me. Um, being able to ask him different things about whether it was getting my start in recruiting or um, really anything from coaching style to obviously they had an amazing program over at uh, Dallas Baptist and, you know, trying to steal some of their secrets from time to time and what they do and how they motivate their players. How do they, how they get their players to play hard, all, everything from A to Z. So he's been a really great mentor for me over the years. And then um, now after getting the job down at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, um, him getting the head coach at Abilene Christian a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, he was a big part on, on why I ended up going down there um, with his knowledge of, of the program that I'm at now and um, kind of what the league was like, what to expect and, um, you know, helping me out and uh, kind of understanding, you know, everything, once again, from, from A to Z. And, um, you know, talked to Coach McCarty a few days ago, and he's, we're always checking in on each other, seeing how we're doing, and it's turned into, uh, you know, from uh, being a coach to a mentor and, and now uh, being a friend too. So it's been a really fun experience with Coach McCarty. Seth, we'll touch on some of those stories with, with McCarty and your two years at Campbell in a little bit. But I want to start with your coaching career because – Gosh, in a, in a short four-year window, you, you've bounced all over Middle America, it seems, and you had a, had a neat chance to go to SIU up in, in Carbondale, Illinois. And and I know for you, you wanted to get in the coaching world after being a graduate assistant at Campbell. What was that first step like, let's say year one, of going from more of a volunteer graduate assistant to getting your feet wet and eventually into more of a full-time role up there? Yeah, it's been kind of a crazy ride. I think uh, after I got done playing, 
Um, it was kind of one of those things, the real world hits you fast. Um, and I didn't even really know what I wanted to do. Um, I always kind of thought coaching was something I'd be interested in. Um, I was lucky enough that coach Hare let me stay on as a graduate assistant after I got done playing. Um, so, um, spent about a year and a half down as the, as the GA and spent a lot of time, um, working on the field, doing laundry, doing all that fun stuff like that with, with Mike DeLucia, who was there as a volunteer at the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just spent a lot of times around the field and it was a lot of hours and not always fun, but looking back, it was, it was, you know, a really important year in terms of growth and especially as a coach and understanding, um, you know, the stuff that's not so fun. And, you know, the managers that we have at Corpus Christi now, um, you know, being able to appreciate what they do on a day-to-day basis. So I really look back and reflect on, you know, how much of a important role that played in my coaching career. So, um, but, but did that for, for a year. And, uh, you know, even during that time, I, I didn't know if I, you know, wanted to keep doing it or, um, you know, get into whatever job and stay around North Carolina um, or move back home, what it might be. And I just remember one day in particular, it was during the spring and um, I was out, I think, edging the back um, practice infield and coach Hare came up to me and um, said that uh, coach jo- coach golf might be looking for a, a volunteer next year at Louisiana tech. Um, I don't even think, I don't know if coach Hare would remember that, but um, said he put in a good word for me and, um, you know, w- during that time I was a GA, I don't think I really ever said, oh man, this, this stinks or, or it was great or anything, but just kind of kept my nose down and did the work that they, they needed me to do and, um, you know, help that program in any way I can. Um, but, uh, whenever he, he said that to me about, you know, putting his name out there for me more than anything else, obviously I didn't end up going, um, to, I think coach golf ended up moving to Alabama the next year after being at Louisiana tech. But, um, you know, after, after that, I think it just kind of lit a fire, um, in me to, man, this is, if coach Payer thinks that I could do this, I think that this might be something that I want to do. So kind of after a, a long time of not knowing what I wanted to do or, man, I can't wait for this year to be over. So I don't have to do any more kind of um, one of those things where I think all that hard work kind of paid off and, and not complaining and doing all that stuff. So, um, and then uh, the summer comes around. Um, I'm still working in the field and, um, you know, working camps and, and finishing school, doing everything um, that I need to do. And um, coach Marks, um, asked if I still wanted to be a volunteer and, um, it ended up working up at SIU and became a volunteer at Southern Illinois for a year. Um, and then from there, um, uh, spent a lot of time, um, you know, working with hitters and being able to get more hands on as a volunteer, um, and still doing a lot of the, probably a lot of the things I was doing as a GA, but being hands on was, was a lot of fun. And I thought that I had a, pretty good relationship with all the players and had a good perspective, um, on the coaching staff and kind of brought something new to, to SIU that, um, you know, would, would just change a little bit of whether it was morale or the culture. Obviously we had a lot of success at Campbell. So I thought I could take a lot of stuff there and, and we had a lot of fun. And then, uh, the following year, uh, coach strain, Ryan strain, who's now the head coach at Metro state in Denver. Um, he left to take that head job and, um, 
uh, Coach Henderson, Ken Henderson, um, who was my boss, took a took a chance on me as a young guy without recruiting experience, and um, ended up working out and had a really good two years there. Um, learned a lot and um, and from there moved on to Texas A&M Corpus. So been a really fun run. Seth, one of the things about your your tenure with the Salukis, I think that stands out, is how aggressive the teams were stealing bases. And one of the numbers that really speaks to, to your success, and I was just looking it up, but 375 steals in three years, which is obviously more than 100 a season, but just tremendous. And we knew your time at Campbell, that team was in those two years. They were very hit-by-pitch and bunt and small ball oriented. How did you bring some of that style to your, your first gig? Yeah, I think – um, when I got to SIU, um, there really wasn't a whole lot in their running game. And I just thought that obviously that's something that we took a lot of pride in at Campbell. Um, and it wasn't like I went in there and said, Hey, let's steal a hundred bases a year or anything like that. Um, it was just something that I thought we could, we could improve on. Um, and, uh, it's kind of one of those things as a, young coach you go and talk to the other coaches and kind of put together a plan and um luckily coach henderson bought into what we wanted to do and um, we spent a lot of time on it uh, put a lot of emphasis on it and uh we also had some really good really good base runners that really helped out so um we ended up that first year um going from uh they stole 33 the year before and then we stole 100 the first year I was in there. And then um, the next year when I was running the offense, we went to, I think it was 131. And then the following year after that, my, my last year there, I think it was 144, which was uh, fourth or fifth in the nation, something like that. So um, it was obviously something that we, as we had more success in, um, you know, we, it wasn't like we worked on it more, but um, guys really took pride in it. Um, and it's something that, you know, once you get to be, considered one of the best, not even for me, but for our players, um, they want to be the best in the country at it. And uh, we were lucky to have some guys that were really talented. And from there, um, we were able to have a lot of success. So um, um, once again, it wasn't, wasn't like we put together the plan to say, hey, let's necessarily lead the nation, but just a, a better way to become a more complete offense and score more runs. And um, we had a lot of success in it. And it's uh, kind of turned into uh, – I guess an identity for myself too. Um, and I think it's something that, um, you know, when I played, I wasn't a great runner. I think I stole 10 bases my senior year, which is probably way more than I should have had. Um, but, uh, I guess sometimes you're the people who are worse at things end up being better coaches at it because they kind of know what, what it takes to be good at it more than being overly talented. So I think, uh, you know, I learned a lot, at Campbell and it's, it's kind of turned into, you know, or morphed into the system that I have now that we still run at Corpus now. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, it's been fun to, um, kind of build a, build the system and, and kind of manufacture a way to, um, you know, help the team become more aggressive and build an identity. And, um, you know, it's just been a fun process. Seth, one thing I wanted to touch on is the strength of the Missouri Valley Conference, a league you spent the last few years in. And just to, for a Campbell perspective here, Illinois State was a team that Campbell actually could have met in a super regional if they had pulled off an upset over Louisville. And of course, 
if Campbell had beaten ECU, teams like Dallas Baptist that we've heard on the national level for years and even Indiana State, a club that has come to Campbell a couple of times in, in tournaments. What was that level of competition like? And, and I even just misspoke about Missouri State, and they've been dominant in the mid-2010s. But what, what did you learn just playing at that level and competing against some good quality programs? Yeah, um, I think – you know, every team that every conference that you run into on the division one level, I think a lot of them have probably their own identity in a certain way. Um, I think that when you talk about the Missouri Valley, it's, it's different from the big South. Uh, when you talk about the Missouri Valley, you got, um, some big physical dudes. Um, you talk about Missouri state and, and how big and physical, I mean, they look like a, um, you know, a, a major league team when they roll out BP and the same way with Dallas Baptist and, you know, every other team from year to year have, have teams like that. So um, it was just, uh, it, and obviously being from the area um, kind of was familiar with that kind of style too, but um, no, it was, it was fun to um, kind of go up against those guys and kind of see how you uh, measure up to those guys. Uh, I think that's one reason why the the base running stuff was so successful in the Missouri Valley too. I don't think whenever we started doing that, there were a lot of teams that for one did it and two were real prepared for it. So you go into, you know, whether it was Dallas Baptist or Indiana state or Evansville, um, wherever it was, um, they always knew they were up against a challenge and going to see something that they hadn't seen before. Um, because you could, um, you know, come to Itchy Jones stadium at SIU um, that plays somewhat like a graveyard, and all of a sudden you kind of have an equalizer when you pitch and play defense and run the base as well. So um, it, it it also was um, a grind from week to week, too. There are really no bad teams. You talk about last year, um, three, three regional teams, and three of them all were, I think, in the regional championship, too. Um, so teams that weren't just uh, flukes or anything like that, those guys could could all play, and um, it was a challenge from week in to week out. So, um, you know, always had to be prepared. You always had to get quality starts out of your guys. Um, and, and you had to play clean and, and try to score some runs too. So um, it was a lot of fun, though. It's a lot of fun to go up against, you know, somewhat big names and um, be challenged and, um, you know, had to prove to your guys that they weren't scared and, and go in there and play aggressive and play your game and, um, you know, when you, when you do that, good things happen. So, um, so it was a lot of fun, but it, it kind of reminded me a lot of at the same time of the big South, whenever we were playing, whenever I played, when you had, I guess it was the three big dogs, whenever I played between us and Liberty and, um, coastal Carolina, um, whenever I would say during that time, us and Liberty were kind of the, the two head honchos. And it was always, um, you know, Friday night, it was playoff style baseball and, um, that's kind of what you get every every weekend in the Missouri Valley. Um, that's what it was like at the time in the Big South whenever we played. So, um, you know, just a lot of fun to play high high level and, and also have some success too. And to your point, Seth, I mean, gosh, you, you graduated in 15, but you see the next year what Coastal's able to do, making a deep tournament run and, and even kind of building that with, with Liberty. There was a year multiple Big South teams made the tournament. So it, it's kind of fascinating you bring that up and – I wanted to ask you a little bit about your Campbell career because you came kind of at the what was the peak and is now building currently, but the, the rise of Greg Goff and, and Justin Hare's tenure and, 
And I'm fascinated with junior college players like yourself because they do take a chance. They do go somewhere they hadn't heard of necessarily before. What was the convincing factor to, to bring you to Campbell and to try to continue what was kind of starting as you were getting there? Uh, to be honest, it was it was really one of my only opportunities. Um, played two years of junior college ball at Only Central in Illinois um, and hadn't really ever heard of Campbell at the time. And actually, I ended up committing in the – summer i think it was probably july of um of my sophomore year after my sophomore year so i was still playing summer ball um kind of waiting on a chance and i remember calling at some point in the summer calling my junior college coach and saying man should i start applying to schools um just to go to school um i had a couple teammates that did that and said you had a really good buddy that just went to school and i was thinking about um, you know, just doing the academics and, and going and living with him and that kind of thing. So didn't really have, I think I had two choices at the end and ended up choosing Campbell. Um, my only division one opportunity. And I had a brother, an older brother, Hank, that played at middle Tennessee, um, had a really good career. There was an awesome player, uh, only one year older than me. And, uh, to be honest, probably a lot of it was pride because I always wanted to be better than my older brother. So, um, that sibling rivalry kind of pushed me to want to be better than him. And, and to do that, I wanted to play division one ball and prove myself and, um, you know, ended up working out, uh, took a chance and, and went and earned a lot of playing time at the end, but kind of had to wait and be patient and earn my role and take advantage of opportunities. And, um, obviously had a amazing career, amazing experience and a, a pretty good career, um, and uh, learned a lot along the way. There, there's some great moments in your Campbell career, but one I want to touch on that people don't always know the story about is, now, of course, in 2013, for a backstory, Campbell, a 50-win team, a club that probably should have made a regional, but for whatever reason came up just short because they uh, lost in the Big South title game. But the very next year, your first year in 14, that club lost its opening game down at Winthrop in the tournament and had to reel off this ridiculous run. But... It may have came down, Seth, and correct me if I'm wrong, it may have been the sprinklers that ultimately sparked that <laughs> Big South title. Yeah, I uh, we always call it the phantom rain out, but it missed an entire day of games, um, which kind of allowed us to get our pitching back on track. And I know uh, I can't remember exactly how all of it went, but I know um, there was a big start in there by Coley Tompkins, I think, um, who who was a reliever for us all year and – um, you know, didn't throw real hard, but had a really good splitter and um, put together a really good start. And then I think in the championship or the semifinals, whichever one it was, um, got a big start from Hector Sedano, who was on about two and a half days rest, but uh, ended up being two and a half where he could come back instead of, um, you know, instead of throwing other guys. And, um, you know, it goes without being said, Ryan Thompson threw about probably 20 innings that week. So, um you know, who was just an amazing fighter, probably the best player, uh, at least in recent history that had ever put on the Campbell uniform. But, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, a gutsy performance from a lot of people. And it obviously took all 35 guys or however many guys it was. Um, and, uh, you know, to, for between our guys, our coaches, um, Joe Streckfist, our athletic trainer at the time, and whoever else, it was um, with us in the in the trenches and just kind of battling it out because um, I know it's uh, you know pretty improbable, but the big uh, the the phantom rainout was uh, 
was a huge, huge lift for us in the end. Um, I think I always kind of mentioned like the blues brothers kind of, uh, we were on a mission from God. Um, and that's kind of what it took. Not only that, but then of course to qualify for the NCAA tournament, which is at the time, not something very common in the Campbell baseball program. And I want to get a sense from you, Seth, you're, you're playing down at Columbia at South Carolina, of course, but to get that first win over old dominion, which that game had plenty of stories itself with the extra innings and Thompson throwing, it felt like a complete game almost just in relief. But what was that moment like of securing a victory and, was there sort of a validation for you guys of, hey, we could compete at this level? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, between um, when, when we played, and I know Campbell's schedule is kind of the same now, um, you know, we go in and we play, we played NC State every year and Duke and, and all those ACC teams and a lot of SEC teams and whoever else, you know, would play us at the time. I know a lot of teams wouldn't. Um, but anybody that we could get to play us, we played. Um, I think Virginia Tech was in there a few years, and, and uh, we always held our own. So I don't think there was any sense of, oh, wow, I can't believe we did it, anything like that. But I think uh, it meant meant a lot to us in the sense that I think it was our maybe our first NCAA tournament win or maybe at least since 1990, um, you know, getting, a, getting the first win. And I think that meant a lot to the community. I think it meant a lot to the players, you know, that came before us to um, especially, you know, the guys, the seniors that year and whoever else, you know, all the returners coming back from um, a 49 win season and, you know, not getting the opportunity to do that. I think obviously I wasn't there the year before, but I think that it meant a lot to everybody to be able to secure that win. And, um, you know, it's something that, that we definitely remember and, um, I just remember, you know, leaving the hotel and getting back from the hotel and, and the huge crowd that, that met us there and really meant a lot to us, um, you know, and I, I was really proud to be a camel for sure. So that next season in 2015, it had an incredible start for you guys. I think it was 17-2 and two and, and off to one of its best starts ever. But I want to get a sense from you that year because you're coming off a a regional year and there's so much confidence and excitement. What did maybe you learn both as a player and, and kind of now in a coaching role about managing the Jekyll and Hydes of, you know, a fantastic start and a tough middle of conference and a good end of conference and kind of how the baseball season has those, those swings. Yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. Um, I, I, I know uh, early on we, we were about as hot and felt as good about any team I've ever been on even to this day as a coach um, really thought, you know, especially coming out off the regional um, the year before thinking, man, we are going to, we're going to roll and we're nothing can stop us. And then um, I guess reality hit in pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I was pretty close with the seniors the year before and we had an awesome group from let's get Ryan Thompson to Elijah trail, Matt Nadolski, John Riley, um, all awesome dudes and, and kind of like me, I don't think any of them were, um, necessarily big time pro prospects or anything like that. And probably some of them were in the same, same situation as me, kind of, you know, just ragtags that just, uh, were really hard workers. And I thought that they set the culture and I thought that the next year, I think, uh, you know, I, I take a lot of personal responsibility and, and not being able to, 
um, you know, kind of carry on what they did for a full season uh, and kind of keep the, the team rolling. Um, but uh, I think that it was just kind of one of those up and down seasons. We had a lot of new faces, um, a ton of talent. And, uh, and I think that um, for whatever reason, um, it just kind of, you know, when things went south, we weren't able to kind of come together as a team when we needed to early on to um, kind of just get right back on the horse. And it took us a little bit. And, um, you know, by the end of the year, I thought we were playing our best ball. I really do. Um, I thought we made a pretty good little run in the tournament and just, um, you know, wasn't enough. But uh, but at the same time, I think it's been huge to me as a coach, um, kind of understanding, you know, the type of the type of whether it's patience or, or empathy to your players whenever, you know, you think it's it, from the outside looking in that it's it looks so easy to play baseball. You should think, what the heck are you doing or or whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, to, to make sure that you relate to those players and make sure that, you know, they stay level headed and and collected even when times are bad. And uh, and, uh, you know, what, once again, I, I think that we came together at the end for sure in the 2015 season, but um, kind of stinks that we were off to a hot, such a hot start and, um, you know, we weren't able to to kind of get it back on track early. Um, but but once again, learned a lot from it and am definitely a better coach for it. So I want to also talk about your final weekend, kind of the senior weekend in 2015, because any senior wants to go out a winner, of course, but you guys had the opportunity to not only play Coastal, who was very good in the league that year, but to, to win a series over Coastal at home. They were getting some top 25 votes that year. They were a very solid team. But what is it like as a senior to, to not only beat your rival, but I think there was a walk-off hit in one of the games to open up the weekend and just take me through the emotion of that entire weekend. Yeah, that was a, a really awesome weekend for me, especially. I know my parents were down. They didn't get to come down to a lot of games. Um, and I think that more than ever playing in front of, whether it was other college coaches while I was in junior college or scouts or whatever, I, I really wanted to play well whenever – my parents were there um, and, and to play coastal who's always a big name. Um, I think that the couple of years before that, they weren't um, quite what they were going into that year. And then obviously the next year they win the whole thing, uh, but they were a really good team. And um, you know, us who we were getting the, our feet back underneath us from, from the stretch and, and kind of trying to find, you know, who we were again and, and getting a lot of momentum into that, into the conference tournament that we needed to win um, was, you know, was really important for us, but, uh, but to get a couple wins against a big name team and, and a really good team um, meant a lot to us for sure, especially as seniors and, you know, being able to, to go away saying, you know, you had, you know, a lot of success against even the really good teams and those, those, those teams against those wins against the teams that, you know, our big names are the ones you always get excited for. And those are the ones you want to play when it all comes said and done, whether, you know, it, you can play Coastal Carolina or you can play, you know, whoever down the street. Um, you know, you always get excited for those big name teams to come in, especially on your home turf um, and getting a chance to, to play well and, and to beat them is always a lot of fun. Seth, as a, as a young coach, of course, you're learning so much. But one thing that Justin and I have talked about a lot, and he could speak to this as well, but when you're becoming a coach, whether you're moving from an assistant to a head coach or, in your case, a volunteer or a GA into a full-time position, 
you kind of have to develop your voice for that particular role and, and how players respond to you. And and I'm curious from your perspective, what's that been like now that you're down at Texas A&M Corpus Christi in a new role and, and this being your first full season about adapting to that change and kind of learning your coaching style in that position? Yeah, I, you know, listening to Coach Hare on the ABCA podcast the other day, I, uh, you know, I, I thought it struck home pretty well. The more I've been around and the more places I go, I think the more you just have to be yourself. Um, and I think that's the more the more you're yourself, the more guys respect you and the more that guys respond to your coaching. So, you know, over the years, I think you, especially as a young coach, um, you know, you want to get around other coaches, head coaches um, that let you be yourself, listen to you and guys that you can learn from. And I think that I've got that everywhere I've went and been able to basically steal a lot of things from other people um, that really know what they're doing has helped me a lot. Um, but it's, you know, it's picking your spots and it's, it's about being positive and it's about, you know, um, you know, being able to relate to the guys too. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of guys now, it hasn't been that long since I haven't played, I guess, but, um, the, just the world, the way that, you know, guys communicate the things that guys do in their free time is a lot different, but, you know, not that you have to do all that stuff, but being able to, um, be on the same page as them and be able to have conversations about that and have conversations, you know, about who they are as a person and what's going on in their lives um, always helps, you know, whenever you're trying to get them, not necessarily trying to get them, but whenever you're trying to relate to them on the field um, and understanding how to, you know, just communicate from person to person and as individuals, um, it means a lot. So, um, you know, I think your style just comes from more being yourself and, understanding who you are and you have to understand who your players are too. Seth, my, my final question for you as someone who just got his MBA from Campbell about two years ago and gosh, now you're four years into the coaching world. What did it mean for you to not only join this Campbell program, but obviously be a big part of its success and now see it rise, but also see your career kind of follow suit as you're a few years into the coaching world. Uh, The, the Campbell experience for me was, has, you know, meant me growing up and me, you know, taking ownership of, of what I do. And, um, it started with coach Hare recruiting me to playing for coach golf and, and coach Hare for two years down there and, and getting my taste of coaching with, with those guys and with coach Marks, um, with coach Delucia, who is one of my friends and, and also helped me a lot in my early career. Um, and, you know, being able to get a degree there and get my MBA there um, has, you know, been able, has put me into a position where, you know, I, I have a lot of, you know, knowledge and, and, and connections into the coaching world. Um, when you talk about, um, obviously, Coach Hare is, has had a lot of success now at, at Campbell. Um, still talk to him all the time. Coach Goff is at Purdue and still talk to him quite a bit and coach McCarty at Abilene Christian. And, and now that coach Mark is at Purdue with coach Goff as well, just um, crazy how the coaching tree works. And um, obviously I, I don't know, you know, how it exactly happened. um, But, you know, being able to get lucky enough to play for all of those guys in one place. um, It was obviously a, a really, really special place when I played there. Um, And they're still doing a lot of special things now. 
they have a lot of more, a lot more facilities than, you know, when I first got there. Um, but that's, you know, because of the great people around there, the community and, and a testament to the hard work of the both coaches in the administration there. Um, so it, it's obviously always been a really special place. It's continuing to grow. And, um, you know, I still get a, a lot of phone calls from coach Hare and, and T Rob and, and those guys and make sure that I see them every year at the coaching convention. And, um, you know, it's, it's been great for, for not only my education, but for my job and, and, uh, you know, brought a lot of joy to my life. Well, Seth is a big South champion yourself. It, it's, it's good to have you on. And, you know, obviously this is an odd time with the coaching world, but we appreciate it and, and best of luck. For sure. Thanks for having me on, Evan.